0: The 630 Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We should all be very concerned about the recent rise in active COVID 19 cases and hospitalizations in Alberta.
1: We all have a role to play in reducing the rise in cases that we are seeing.
0: Countless sacrifices have been made by people, and great care for the vulnerable has been shown.
1: We need everyone's help in limiting the spread of this virus. So let me be blunt.
0: If you think you can socialize with large groups of people in close quarters, knock it off.
1: Uh, Comments uh, from this week regarding the increased numbers of COVID-19 cases in the province of Alberta. And today, this afternoon, right now, as a matter of fact, the big question is, will masks be made mandatory in public and some private indoor spaces? Well, an emergency meeting is underway at City Hall to discuss just that. It comes as the number of COVID cases in the province continue to creep up. Good afternoon. My name's Jalen Nye. Welcome to 630 CHED Afternoons, and this is what we are Jumping on to first this afternoon. In the past week, we have seen more than 640 new cases reported, and while a bump in numbers was expected, there is concern, especially with back-to-school just weeks away. Mayor Don Iveson says he called for the meeting because he has heard that many Edmontonians, including himself, would like to see more mask usage. He says while they have deferred to the province for a coordinated approach, comments from Premier Kenny made yesterday clearly download the decision onto cities.
0: We think these decisions are better taken locally. This is a huge and diverse province. The challenges that uh, a very dense city might, might face on crowded buses is couldn't be more different than a remote rural municipality um, where there are no active cases.
1: On Tuesday, Calgary City Council approved making masks mandatory in indoor public spaces and in public vehicles. The new bylaw comes into effect on August 1st. Dr. Joe Vipond is an emergency doctor and clinical associate professor at the University of Calgary. He's also part of the group MasksForCanada.org. Dr. Vipond, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on and your interest. All right. Now let's start. Uh, first off, let's talk about the uptick in numbers. Um, when you're seeing what's happened over the past week or two, what's going through your mind? What are you seeing?
2: I'm seeing I, I'm seeing more cases in the emerge for sure that are suspicious, and that hasn't really been the case since I would say late May. Um, there was a nice break there. Um, I don't think I'm surprised in any way. I mean, let's face it, we we had a very effective tool in the lockdown, and you know nobody can get COVID if they're sitting in their basement playing video games. Okay. But as soon as we decided as a society that we wanted to open up, uh, open up society um, and allow people to go out and go to stores and go to restaurants and bars um, without putting any new measures in place, uh, it's it's not surprising at all that, uh, that that things have have gone kind of uh, haywire. And Calgary um, is making
1: masks mandatory in certain places. Edmonton, right now, discussing it. Do you think, first off, um, I, that's a silly question. I know what you think. Do you, <laughs> <laughs> should, you know, you, why do you believe that masks should be uh, made mandatory in certain situations?
2: Well, we know that masks work very well for source control, so that the um, keeping uh an asymptomatic person who's just going about their normal business not realizing that they're infected to keep them from infecting a whole group of other people and we know that that the masks work in those situations um and we also know that uh if we get the population up to about 60 to 80 percent of mask use that's kind of the tipping point especially if we do it early on to prevent the um the exponential growth of the cases the problem is, is up to this point um the, the province has only been strongly recommending masks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been doing this strong recommendation for, what, six, seven weeks now? And we're just not seeing the uptake that we want to see in the general population. This isn't surprising. This is The same thing that happened with uh, seatbelts in the mid-80s, you know, bicycle helmets for under-18s, um, you know, before, before, uh, after that. So for whatever reason, as a species, we, we obey really well, but we don't take really strong recommendations very well. And so that's probably what it's going to take in order to get those uh, numbers up to that uh, that target 60 to 80 percent range.
1: So, Dr. Vipond, you know, one of the things is, I, th- I think, um, as you mentioned, you know, the province has been recommending recommending it. It's the province has said, no, it should be a, a municipality decision. Um, the the municipality is thinking it should be a provincial decision. Uh, I'm wondering where you believe um, that decision should come from, where it would hold
2: more weight coming from. Well, I don't think it's really about weight. It's just about, um, you know, who are we going to protect? Are only the major cities uh, worthy of, of protection? You know, the, my my favourite leader on this has been the uh, the town of, of uh, Fort Mackay up in the very far northeast corner of the province. They had one case. They had one positive case. And they put mandatory masking rules in about two weeks ago uh, hmm. not because there were so many cases but because that one was too much uh, and they decided that they didn't want this uh, unchecked spread in their small community with no icu beds um, i would think that other municipalities would feel the same way up to a city like Banff, you know that's so reliant on tourism do they really want uh, Unchecked COVID to be spreading through their town. One case mm-hmm. is too many for a town like Banff. You know, really any town would probably have that same opinion. So, in my view, it'd be it'd be wonderful if the province stepped up and and led where they're supposed to be leading.
1: Well, it's interesting you talk about that spread. You, you look uh, just uh, over to BC. What happened uh, around Canada Day? A couple of parties in Okanagan and in, in the Kelowna area. Uh, 70 confirmed cases now um, related to I think two or three different parties, and a thousand people now having to um, self-isolate be, because of it. And there's a, there's a lot of people, Dr. Vipond, that just honestly you know don't care i can i can tell you by looking at my text line they're like no i want to get back to my life i want to uh open up the economy i want to get everything going and um literally i've had people say what does it matter if a couple of more old people die if you can believe that i don't know for some people that they will ever buy into um wearing a mask what do you
2: well, do about that? I, I I actually agree with them. I totally want the economy open, too. I think it's, uh, you know, the lockdown has huge harms associated with it. We don't want to be going back there. So we don't want to um, have an increase in domestic violence cases. We don't have want to okay. have the mental health impacts of a lockdown. We don't want... To have the economic impacts of, of having you know restaurants and shops not being visited anymore so this is really about if you really care about businesses in the economy you should really care about mandatory masking because this is really the only way we're uh, the only other measure we can do aside from the essential hand-washing and physical distancing more than two meters um, that I, I presume everybody's doing um, <laughs> um, the only additional measure that we can put in place in order to prevent such a thing happening. And you know what's amazing about this process is we can actually predict the future because we can see what happens in in uh, uh, jurisdictions that have ignored um covid spread all you have to do is look south you know who oh, take your pick florida california yeah. texas georgia north carolina like could go on and on and on um all of these places uh are now thinking about locking down again because they've just said you know i i don't care about a bunch of old people dying and unfortunately um uh when when the numbers get started, so high it's uh, your icus are impacted your hospitalizations are impacted you may be a 20 year old that doesn't care about a 80 year old dying but when you break your leg and there's no room in the operating room for you because there's a lockdown going on you'll care so this is a really uh, big societal issue
1: and Dr. Vipond, I think one of the one of the issues is that, <clears throat> excuse me, the messaging has changed over uh, from the start of the pandemic. From when we went into the lockdown, when we started um, to you know, be told what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing. Masks, um, you know, at first not recommended there, there, the, the, you know, our, our 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 voices that we were listening to at that time made it sound like they weren't um that they wouldn't play a a major role in helping this that message has changed dramatically over the past number of months Uh, how big of an impact do you think that that waffling on the message and the confusion around the message has impacted where we are today
2: uh, I think it's a, a, a huge issue, but uh, let's be let's be honest, we can't change the past. We can only change the future. Um, because public health has been so reticent on this issue, uh, I think it's all the more important that they step up now and do essential uh, messaging on this. Um, I, mean, I had another media interview earlier today, and they're like, well, people are wearing their masks wrong. I'm like, well, you know what? let's let's teach them how to wear masks. You know, nobody in Canada uh, has been, taught how to wear a mask now is the time for public health officials to be out there really promoting this we should have signs in every store and on the bathrooms when you're when men are urinating in their urinals they should be staring at a a sign of how to how to wear a mask it should be on the inside of every woman's uh, bathroom stall like we should be plastering society with really good education on this and that's how you change the way people act
1: And Dr. Vipon just had a text that came in from one of my listeners. Ellis says, can you ask the doctor um, how he thinks cities could handle anti-maskers who choose to ignore any potential mask bylaws that are put in place?
2: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of big fines or jail time or or heavy-handed enforcement. I think um, the thing I want to avoid most of all is is fistfights over masks, or, or even worse, as we've seen in other jurisdictions. Um, I think the consequences to not wearing a mask should be just like, um, you know, when your four-year-old does something wrong, there's a consequence to that. Well, the consequence for uh, people who don't want to wear masks is, you know, you do, you want to go into the store and you're not wearing a mask. Well, guess what? You don't get to go into the store. You want to get on that bus and you're not wearing a mask. Well, guess what? You don't get to be on the bus. The same way that, you know, uh, and this isn't radical. Like buses have, you can't eat on the bus rules. Um, which which are in, uh, enforced by getting people to get off the bus. Um, you know, we ha- we have other rules that are similar mm-hmm. to this. It's just that this is the first yeah. time we've had masking rules. And I think yeah. the other thing that, that's important to emphasize is that we should have masks available for those people who... Uh, You know, want to get on that bus and yeah, oh, I forgot my mask at home. Or I want to go into that store and, oh, I forgot my mask at home. Or I've had a change of heart and maybe I'm okay with wearing a mask. So we should really be making the effort to provide masks to those people who uh, don't have them on.
1: Dr. Joe Vipon joining me this afternoon. He is an ER doctor, a clinical associate professor at the University of Calgary, also part of the group Masks for Canada. Uh, We're talking about the potential of um, masking becoming mandatory in certain areas in Edmonton. Edmonton City Council talking about this this afternoon also wanted to give chedville an opportunity to ask some questions uh to the good doctor um dr vipond um we see a lot of people saying or believing that masks decrease oxygen intake you want to chew on that
2: one to start with sure yeah i uh i wear a mask for eight hours a day at work i wear one of the disposable masks and then when i'm out and about in public i wear a three-layer fabric cloth mask. Um, Uh And there is no evidence that uh, the masks are decreased. I've seen a good video on social media where uh, a gentleman uh, doctor puts on six layers of masks while wearing an oxygen saturation monitor, which monitors your oxygen in real time with no change to their oxygen saturation. So, um, yeah, it's You know, if our surgeons were getting impeded by their oxygen while they're doing an eight-hour lung transplant operation, uh, you should be concerned, and it's just not happening.
1: Do masks increase um, inhalation of toxins?
2: No, especially, like, if you've got an old T-shirt that you've turned into a mask and you put, like, a coffee filter or a piece of paper in there. There's nothing in there that's... that's toxic. So those three-layer cotton masks are, are very good, and of course, all the disposable masks are up to the highest standards uh, for for uh, the medical profession. So I would not be concerned about that either.
1: Um, there have been uh, there has been people saying that uh, that the masks don't stop the virus. That um, the virus is too
2: small for masks. Uh, can you answer that one? So there's, there's two answers there, because the mask actually has two roles. It has a role. Um, primarily as a source control. Source control is a a medical term that means you're putting it on a patient who has the infection and you're trying to keep it from being dispersed out into the uh, atmosphere around them. If you think about sneezing or coughing, most of what's going out of your mouth are droplets. So uh, they're, they're quite large and the virus is, is encased in those droplets and you're trying to keep those droplets within the mask so it doesn't enter the air around you. Um, the other rule that uh, the mask has is uh, PPE or personal protective equipment. So that means you're someone who's trying to avoid getting infected. You're going out in public and you're trying to, to uh, decrease the, um, the exposure to virus. Um, There's less evidence for the role of masks as a PPE, but there's still a suggestion that it's effective. Um, And once again, you're trying to prevent those droplets, not the individual virus particles, but the droplets from getting in there. The final thing to say about this is there's increasing evidence that the amount of virus that you're initially exposed to has an impact as to how sick you get. I keep thinking back to that young 31 year old ophthalmologist dr lai in wuhan um who was one of the original people to sound the alarm on this and became a national hero because he actually sounded the alarm got in trouble went to jail and then died from the virus mm-hmm. and i was thinking about this 31 year old dying why did this 31 year old die? 31 year olds aren't supposed to die um and i wonder about how that role of uh, viral load is and how much a role the mask plays in decreasing, even if you get infected, decreasing the amount of virus that initially hits you.
1: Um, there are. Pe- what about people who, you know, have compromised lungs, maybe have bad asthma, maybe have COPD? Um, those who actually, you know, find it quite claustrophobic maybe have some real issues wearing them. What do you tell them?
2: So, you know, you can imagine that in the emerge, I'm seeing a lot of asthmatics and COPDers coming through the door, and all of these people um, are, are mandated to wear masks within our facilities, and. For the most part they don't have a problem with that even if you're on oxygen you just put the oxygen underneath the mask and it doesn't seem to be a concern the mental health aspect of things is a bit more concerning you know there are people who get claustrophobic there are people who panic in these kind of situations when they have a a mask suffocating them or or, you know the uh, the concern about a mask suffocating them Um, i would say that if it's intolerable then these people should be given exemptions um, but I would also say that there's a role in training uh, tr- uh, training people to get better at it. We know that uh, you know, the first time, I don't know, you wear a snorkel and, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and mask when you're, when you're snorkeling or scuba diving, you, you may not feel comfortable in that, but your 100th time that you're wearing that, that equipment, it's just fine. So there probably is a role in training people if, if I was somebody with COPD or asthma, I would certainly want a mandatory mask because I'm the most at risk from being exposed uh, to the virus, and I want to yeah. keep that viral load in the uh, atmosphere around me at a minimum.
1: Before I let you go, um, this uh, texter says, I work in a nursing home. We get two masks for an eight-hour shift. How long is a mask good for? And once it's wet, is it still good for a couple of hours more? And I know there's questions about uh, the the blue masks that are being handed out, maybe cloth masks, and how long uh, you can wear them for, and for the cloth masks, uh, how often you should wash them. What do you, what do you
2: tell people? I, am, uh, I, I wear both masks. As I said, I wear the surgical masks at work and I wear the um, the cloth masks uh, in and around when I'm in public. As far as the surgical masks go, they should be changed when they get wet. Um, okay. You should you know be cleaning your hands before putting them on and after taking them off, um, and make sure that when they do get uh, wet, they should be disposed of properly in a garbage can, not on the gutter in the street, in the street <laughs> which I'm seeing way too much of. Um, as far as the cloth masks go, I just have three masks and I rotate them through. So one day it's being washed, I'm just hand washing them um, yeah. and changing the filter inside, whether it's a coffee filter or a, a paper towel uh, in, in that uh, in that pocket that's in between those, those two layers. Um, so I have one that's being washed and, and one that's drying and one that I'm wearing. And so and quickly- uh, rotating through those three.
1: Quickly, uh, we're almost out of time. Do you need to have a filter in there, or is is a cloth mask with no
2: filter uh,
1: still fine? Uh,
2: You know, the the recommendation is a three-layer mask with a disposable filter in the middle. I think if you had a three-layer mask with a tight cotton weave without a filter, I think that would probably be fine as well, as long as you're washing it frequently. But I wouldn't be just going around with a a single-layer bandana across your face.
1: (laughs) Dr. Vipond, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Thanks for your insight and your expertise into this one. Um, It's been a pleasure talking with you.
2: It's an important topic, so appreciate you giving me the chance to talk about it.
1: You betcha. MasksforCanada.org. Dr. Joe Vipon joining me this afternoon, an ER doctor and a clinical uh, associate professor at the University of Calgary. Again, uh, the city talking about uh, the possibility of making masks mandatory in certain places. We'll have all the details on that when a decision is or is not made.